this is Behind the Exploratory Lenses, episode number 24. Let's get down to it. I mentioned in the last episode that I had the pleasure of interviewing Rep Racing's Roger Carew, driver in the number 6 Chevrolet in the Arkham Menard Series East. I had the honor to talk to him before his maiden East start at New Smyrna Speedway for the running of the Jeep Beach 176 that was won by Max Gutierrez, a fellow rookie as well. We had a discussion about Lil Uziber and as far as that whole ordeal where he decided to just put a diamond that was like worth more than his house and car combined into his forehead. So we discussed about that, but also just his career as a whole and why this is a huge step in the right direction to become probably the next big thing on the NASCAR circuit. Of course, you got to start off with Arca, hoping nothing but the best for him as Pensacola is the next round this weekend, where hopefully he has a much better race than he did at New Smyrna. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Roger Carruth. Again, this was recorded prior to his debut on February 8th, 2021. Alright, so first things first, just discuss how excited is it to be part of the Driver Diversity Program once again with Rev Racing going into Monday with your big ARCA East debut coming up. Yeah, Louis, it's, it's, uh, I'm excited to, wait, is it Louis or Louis? Louis. Did I pronounce your name right? Louis. Louis. Thanks for Kathy. asking, though. Alright, but. Yeah, Louis. So going into Monday, it's, it'll be fun. I mean, it's, it's an honor to be in this program, like really starting my third year, first doing legend cars and now, you know, late models and then being in the Arkham Art Series East is uh, it's a dream, man. And um, I'm really just excited and, and, and thankful for, for everybody in this program and everybody in that shop back there and, and everybody that, um, that with, with Max as well and, and my family, it's a lot of people have are behind me and have helped me so far i'm excited to make them proud uh, coming soon now what have you been able to do to prep for this moment i know you're involved with the iRacing stuff me not being too familiar with it as far as what tracks are available have you able to do some laps at the simulator with new samurta if it is included by chance yeah so in terms of prep i've definitely done a lot of iRacing um the new Smyrna they've got on there is pretty accurate to real life track wise. Um, and I've made laps there um, at the combine in uh, 2019. So I got a little bit of an idea how to get around that joint. Um, obviously it'll be in a, in a different car now, but I've definitely done some practicing um, with, with that place and um, really just uh, that and, and being at the shop and for, for our car that we're bringing there. I mean, we've kind of built that thing from the ground up essentially. And, um, over this this off season, and uh, we've we've worked really hard on doing that. I, 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 in reality, I probably haven't done much, but I feel like I've learned a lot in, in being there every day and and working on the car and seeing like you know the the different nooks and crannies and different things that um, are, are and how much goes into building you know these race cars. Even these are this is Arca stuff, you know, it's tenfold for the, the Cup Series stuff. So um, that and and really just watching film and stuff, but at the same time not. Uh, overanalyzing and really sucking myself out um, just because um, at the end of the day, you know, it's another race car, it's another racetrack and you can't, you know, you can't undersell yourself and you can't be unprepared, but at the same time, you can't psych yourself out and be really, really, you know, out of your skin when in reality you're, we're just going racing. So. 
What were you able to learn from your experience of the sim a couple of years ago running at New Suburban compared to the other tracks that you've ran in the past? Are there like some similarities or is this just something that stands out from that circuit over the others? Yeah, so New Suburban was the first place I went to in a late model. And so um, really that that's what I kind of based off of my, my knowledge off of for a lot of last year, just being the first place that I, I made laps at. And so um it was it was uh it'll be cool to go back there and now to be racing um and in an arca car too um i'm i'm just really excited um and uh i think we'll, we'll have a good night on monday have you also learned from your fellow members from like Red racing like a nick sanchez who was one of the drivers that competed last year and if you have what is kind of like this thing you lean on towards them yeah, uh, Nick, both Nick and Chase have been really, really helpful to me and have answered all my questions and more and, and helped break down stuff for me with having the with the limited experience and, and seat time that I have and helping get me up to speed as much as I can um, with those guys and, and Mark Green and, and Doug and Glenn and everybody that's here at the shop. You know, they, they've got years and years of experience, longer than I've been alive. So um, to get knowledge from them, them and, and get different, you know, uh, tidbits from, from every person is, is helpful. And, um, I'm really just, just ready to go. Speaking of Mark Green, how just kind of this, right. Having somebody that has been involved as like NASCAR national touring, be, of course, being part of the green family that has driven at all three types of levels. So how helpful he's been in your path. Yeah, Louise, like, like Mark has been, been awesome. Um, and I've really enjoyed, you know, kind of being, I guess, his, his pupil right now, just trying to pick his brain and, and learn as much as I can from the years that he's been racing and working on race cars. And it's been really fun. And he's steered me along the right path and, and everything really so far. So um, it's, it's been very fun. And I'm excited to, you know, go, to go through this year with him and, and hopefully years to come. And curious to know, when it comes to your racing career, kind of like your background, was your family involved in racing? Were they fans beforehand? Or this is kind of like you starting a path of racing because that's was something that you found very passionate, whether at a young age or recently. Yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've been interested in racing since I was, like, probably five or six. Um, my parents weren't, you know, racers or in a racing family, like, my dad's from the Caribbean and he grew up in Brooklyn. My mom grew up and was born in London and grew up in Brooklyn or in Long Island too. So we're um, pretty far removed from racing. So um, I just got an interest from a young age and I never really phased out of it. And, you know, my parents and my, my family outside of my parents, my little sister, have been extremely supportive of me and I've just helped nurture that the passion and interest that I've had since I was a little kid. And um, it's, it's been awesome. Well, most certainly for when it comes to me, like being a journalist and all of that stuff, even a photographer, I was basically the only one that's been interested in racing when I was relatively young. And then I realized that expenses is, is very, very vital to where it's like, well, I got to be involved in racing in some capacity. So for sure, hopefully that the career continues to grow and in that regard, for sure. Yes, sir. It's, uh, it's definitely, I'm really thankful to be in this program again, just because like with, with funding, it's so hard. And so to, to have, you know, those needs met and, and to, to be, you know, 
in a program where uh, our best interests is our, our best interests are, are put forward is is awesome and you know you don't have to worry about you know getting together sponsored dollars to go run x amount of races you know that that's a really good thing about being in this program and so um i'm definitely you know really thankful and and again just excited to, to get down there on monday now when it comes to the social media presence there's been a couple drivers like you and ryan vargas that are heavily involved with social media that garner a lot of followers a lot of people noticing your racing career including Bubba Wallace, how important is it to have a strong social media presence in this day and age? Yeah, it's extremely important to be active on social media. You know, that it's, it's, my dad says it very well. It's, it's you know, your raceability and, and how you are on the racetrack and your market or marketability. And that's, you know, with, with if you're live streaming on Twitch or you're active on TikTok like Vargas, or you've got, you know, big platforms all together like the Deegans, like, you've got to be active on there, you know, to, to build a fan base and, and attract sponsors and make yourself attractive really to, to help funding and, and help sponsorship and help you go racing because um, as, as important as it is to have people around you, it's, it's almost as equally important as to, to have, you know, the dollars as well. Has that definitely been the case more so with this ongoing pandemic where some drivers or even some leagues or tracks are having a hard time to get certain events going because of the restrictions. Has that been something that you have to keep in mind, but also realize that with this iRacing stuff, it keeps you active in those in this current tumultuous time that hopefully it gets better sooner or later? Yeah, iRacing has, has been a big help, man. Like even, especially when quarantine started, really I was able to have really good times on there with, with spending time and, and having running different events like, you know, Vargas's e-truck nights and uh, different things of that sort. And um, I think it's, it was really good for iRacing as well, just because it kind of le legitimized it in a lot of people's eyes who may have thought of it, seen it as just a video game. And now, you know, seeing, you know, with the Pro Invitational Series and how, you know, people like me have been able to go from there and, and go to real life stuff and have success. Um, I think it's been very, very good. And, uh... When you found out about the Pro Invitational Series coming back, what kind of what were your thoughts about it? And also, just is there like really a go-to series or league run by drivers or even streaming partners that you look forward more than any others? Yeah, I mean the Pro Invitational Series coming back. I mean, I really want to be in that series because I really feel like I'll be a, a contender off the bat, and and um, you know that'll be fun. And in terms of other stuff I do on there, like. You know, I do that Monday night uh, racing racing league with uh, like Ford Martin and you know Kyle Busch, Connor Daly, etc. You know, really big names in the sport and, and upcoming names as well. So um, there's that, and then obviously for you know your your sim racers, sim racers. You know, you've got Road to Pro, and you know that's something that I'm interested in in racing in as well this year, and, and with aspirations of potentially being the Coke Series next year. And um, I've I've kind of said this a couple times, kind of jokingly, but you know, maintaining the series, it's like. You know, I want to be one the first person to potentially, I guess, win an ARCA race and, and win a Coke Series race. I feel like that's a, a an achievable goal I can hit in the next couple of years. And um, I'm just excited to, to you know, have that opportunity. Um, and, and iRacing has not only been a great partner for me, but it's just fun, man. Like, that's, that's almost – it's kind of hard now because school started back up. But, I mean, when I get home from the shop, it was like 4.30, 5 or 6 o'clock, like, I'm going to eat and I'm going to get on iRacing. That's pretty much it. But now I have homework, so can't really do that. But 
Yeah, homework as in like, of course, education. And speaking of education, because I told this, uh, if I recall to Jesse Little when I interviewed him over a year, almost a year ago, just the importance of having an education because we, of course you have Brian Newman, even Brett Bodine has an education degree. How important is it to have that while juggling racing and other stuff in your life? Yeah, I mean, Louise, it's it's really important, I think, to have an education just because it makes you more well-rounded. And, and like I said, it makes you more attractive to sponsors to say, all right, this guy is, is driving race cars, but he's also able to devote some of his time to getting an education, whatever capacity, past high school. So um, that, I think that's really important. Like you said, you've got, you know, Ryan Newman that went to Purdue and, uh, you know, Jesse, you know, going to UNCC, Stephen Parsons as well, and um, or I guess graduated from UNCC. Um, and I think it's, it's only positive. And I think, you know, me going to Winston-Salem State is, is great and, and potentially being able to, you know, graduate in 2024. And uh, hopefully at that point, maybe, you know, be truck racing or, or potentially going truck or Xfinity racing. So um, to answer your question directly, it's, it's really important, I think, to, to have an education past high school, I think, just because it, it makes you more well-rounded and attractive to, to partners. And what kind of education pursuit you're going for right now, like a major or minor? Uh, motorsports management will be my major. Um, and if I do a minor or my minor, I want it to be like probably like math communications or something in, in that area. Um, you know, my dad is a teacher in the school of communications at Howard University. And um, that's something I'm kind of interested in too. Um, so, yeah. That is very intriguing that there is like a major for managed motorsports management. Granted, it is like you mentioned Winston-Salem, where I'm from in the Northwest. There's no such thing as motorsports management. It's just simply sports or business. Just kind of being around in that area and having a major that is very niche and unique and extraordinary, in my opinion, just kind of describe it to those who are not familiar or want to pursue that kind of career path as well. Yeah, so motorsports management is uh, like a, a degree that I'm, I'm trying to get at Winston-Salem State. That kind of encapsulates the, the you know, team ownership side of, of racing. And really, if you want to go into racing operations at NASCAR, whether it's, you know, calling races or being a, an official or potentially owning your own team um, or, or running a, a team or a shop foremanship or something of that, that sort, you know, that, that's what it helps you with that. Um, I know UNCC's got their engineering program, you know, that's directly tied to racing. Um, and, you know, the, the Colorado Boulder, I think, has one, too. Uh, yeah, because Colburn went there. Um, and it's just uh, that that's kind of the degree I'm, I'm pursuing right now. Specifically for sure. To kind of wrap up this thing, I usually ask when I have certain drivers doing interviews, like, the style of preference of music, do you consider yourself kind of like open-minded when it comes to variety or you have certain specific genres that you listen more to others? If so, on the latter, which ones are your go-to artists? That, so like with, with music, like I'm pretty, I definitely have my go-to genres and artists, but I feel like, like as a whole, like I, I have a pretty diverse music taste, but like currently, like I think my heavy rotation right now is probably Polo G, Rod Wave, um, man, that's, that's kind of hard. Um, and, uh, dang, I should have prepared for that. Um, but I mean, and then personally, like, you know, growing up, I, I like Lincoln Park a lot and, and Daughtry, those, those two people or those two groups were who I listened to a lot growing up, um, along with Lil Uzi Vert. 
Um, but those are kind of, I got a really diverse music taste. I'm gonna plug my Spotify um, at some point so you guys can see kind of the, the diversity in the music I listen to, so. I'm sure you heard about what was going on with Uzi Verda, putting that expensive diamond <laughs> thing. What, what, you just, what was your initial reaction when you found out about it? Because when I heard about it on Twitter, it's like, wait a minute, he literally implanted that thing on there. It's like, I don't, it's his own money. You got to do what you got to do with it. But it's like, when I looked up Twitter, it's like, well, that's random news of the day. Yeah, that I don't even know how you how that happened. Like I feel like if they did it wrong, like he could have like get a brain injury or something. That's that's kind of dangerous. So, but I mean, if you got that money, I guess you could do it the the right way and not, um, I guess not die from it. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it it, it is certainly weird but like the fact that it something like it costs more more money than his house like car combined is yeah imagine doing something like that had to be real expensive and also very risky very very if i if i uh and also this is another thing like in terms of money like i don't if i go cut racing one day you can pay me i don't care 50 or 100 grand a year i don't care the fact that i get to race cup cars is my goal so best believe if I start like getting like if I start getting like money like that like I don't think I'm gonna be doing it like that maybe I'll get like a couple extra pairs of Jordans but besides that like I feel like I'm a pretty modest person so but uh, yeah sorry for the for the sidebar there but no no worries. no it's all good I like how you tied it back to to that so it's kind of responding to that well impromptu stuff but anyways it's all good so to wrap this thing off, what is kind of like the main quote or motivation that you go by on everyday life as well as in racing that kind of keeps you motivated? Um, I think the thing that, you know, that gets me up in the morning and um, really just, just keeps me going and, and, and helps me do the stuff that I don't want to do is that um, it's the fact that, and this has been kind of instilled with me, not from just from my parents and, and really my, my, my family since I've been growing up, but also, you know, people here at the shop as well is that, you know, if you want this, you got to show that you want it. You got to work for it. That's getting, getting your butt up in the morning and, and doing the stuff that you need to do, even, you know, if it's not acts of you, but, you know, taking initiative and, um, you know, just showing that you want it and, and being about it. And, it's one thing to have the, the passion, but you've also got to have the work ethic and, and the willingness to, to do the things that, you know, aren't as appealing because at the end of the day, you know, it's all going to help benefit you and help you achieve your goal. And my goal is to be, you know, a pretty good cup driver one day. So um, that, that's kind of what my, uh, what gets me up in the morning is that I want it and I'm going to work for it. That sounds like definitely a good plan for sure. So yeah, and I'm. It's been definitely a pleasure and an honor to speak with you for the past nearly twenty plus minutes to discuss kind of like going into your debut and also just kind of like more or less kind of like your background and kind of your your drive and motivation because it's kind of things that I every now and then I try to look for features in interviews is to just know more, and hopefully other people will know whether they read or listen the background because there's a lot of people out there that 
they have the story, but they don't know it quite enough. Or sometimes when I, the questions I ask, I try to look at it a different way. So there's more like interesting out looks on it. That's why I brought up music and education because those are like the outside of racing, those are the two most important things would be music and education. I'm not the most technically inclined with music when it comes to playing, but <laughs> listening to it and just all the stuff that I hear is just very intriguing. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Roger Carew. Before we wrap it up, let's talk about what went down to the Daytona Road Course and a little quick preview with Homestead Miami Speedway, the site of round three of 36 of the NASCAR Cup Series for the 2021 Championship Trail. In the Truck Series, it was Ben Rhodes who joins Johnny Sauter in 2013 and Mark Martin in 2006 to, to start the season off 2-0. Yes, indeed, he won the Daytona Road Course. He swept Daytona. Nothing but positive for the Thor Sport driver who, that the team that made the switch this offseason from Fords back to Toyota. And because of Ben Rhodes winning it, it was the 200th win for that brand in the Truck Series. Remember, they started, they started their NASCAR journey in the Truck Series back in 2004 and took a little bit of time for them to win. Had it not been for a spin in Atlanta by Mike Skinner, they probably would have won right out of the gate almost. It took them to the summer with Travis Quapo in Michigan to get the job done for Toyota. And now, 199 more wins later, Ben Rhodes is leading this Truck Series championship. He's well into the playoffs. He's got two wins to start up the season. As a matter of fact, I listened to his radio after he won. He mentioned jokingly that hopefully that win will get him into the Rolex 24. Naturally, during the post-race, I decided to ask him if that's something that is interesting for him in the long run, or even do the IMSA Michelin Pilot Channels, like the guys like Austin Sendrick, Chase Briscoe, Haley Deegan, to name a few, have done in the past. I think you mentioned over the radio that you probably feel like you should, you're ready to run the Rolex 24. Would you be interested in doing some road racing, whether it's the Rolex or the Michelin Pilot Challenge, knowing that there's a lot of road courses? Heck, yeah, I would. I've been wanting to get a ride in the Rolex forever now. Here's the, the nice thing is I think I'm like the lowest of the lowest like rating you can get for, for for the FIA. So I guess us drivers that have those low ratings from what I understand are, are needed. So if they need a guy, I would love to, I'd love to be that guy, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to keep focusing on the truck series here, but if somebody would reach out and, and had an opportunity in the future, that'd be amazing. If not, we're going to keep focusing forward on this deal. And, uh, well, it's, it's a dream. It'd be a dream to do that. I mean, everybody grows up wanting to, you know, race the Rolex 24, I can't imagine doing a 24-hour race. That must be brutal. Time will ultimately tell if Rhodes will be in the Rolex 24. But, hey, if we get a couple lower divisional drivers trying that event, I have no problem. It's a very interesting and very complicated system how IMSA grading systems and honors of badges and all that work. The same thing goes with the World of Outlaws where certain things you cannot do if you're at a certain level, like platinum, diamond, bronze, all that. It's too complicated to tell you in this episode, and I want to keep this short because you already heard the Roger Carruth interview. I know you want to hear more about the cup side. So let's jump in to the Xfinity Series and just his first start, his first ever national touring start. To those who don't know, who are mostly friends through me back in the day, college and high school and just in general, there are three divisions. You have the Cup Series, you have the Xfinity Series, and you have the Truck Series. Those are deemed the National Touring Divisions, the big three. And just his first National Touring star, Ty Gibbs, yes. Coy Gibbs' kid, Joe Gibbs' grandson. 
won the Xfinity Series race. And no, it was not out of fluke. He actually had a superb run. Had it not been for a little disaster stage one ending between Austin Cindric and AJ Allmendinger, we would have probably had a three-man chase for the win. The one that was out of the equation was Allmendinger. Cindric rallied without a right front fender. He did it without a right front fender. He had a lot of help through cautions. It's just the fact that he's just a hellacious competitor on the road courses. But through it all, Tigers had a really solid race. He made no mistakes. He kept himself very well methodic, well thought out and methodical approach to this race. And you could thank his spotter, Hal Martin, and crew chief Grant Scale to keep him composed. Because that was instrumental in that win and holding off those guys for his first Xfinity win in his debut. And now he's going to have a lot more races, over a dozen races in his Young career, it's safe to say that win maybe the great launch have to maybe eventually get into full-time Xfinity in 2022, would possibly Cup in a couple years. Jeez, we're already talking about him going to Cup in a couple years. We'll see how he does in 2021. Remember, the big goal right now is for him to get that National Arc of Championship. This is just extra seating time to groom him and prepare him for 2022. So. And speaking of Hal Martin and Chris Gale, I asked Ty, which ultimately wrapped up the post-race presser, about how key it was to have those guys in the closing laps to keep them calm and composed. Because sometimes we, we have a very young driver in this huge step in the right direction, a huge leap from doing just regional ARCA, national ARCA, where there's not a lot of healthy competition, to say the least, to now... Real healthy competition, like the first massive undertaking task of his young career in the eyes of other people. So I asked him, in the closing last, how vital is it to keep those guys keeping him calm that would let him to his maiden win? Throughout the race, you had, of course, Hal and Chris guiding you to keep yourself composed, especially during the close last with battling Austin. How neat is it to have a couple guys to keep you under your toes, knowing that there's a lot of racing left at that point? Yeah, you know, this Hal Martin is like a therapist almost. He talks me through everything and, and keeps me calm, and that helped me out a lot. And Chris was on the box giving me directions on the fans and, and which ones to use and not, and, and just kind of making sure I've got everything set up and, um, you know, those guys just really walk me through that. And if I didn't have them, I couldn't do any of this. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good deal. And I, I just can't thank everybody enough. It's just how neat is it to get a win on the road course, knowing that you're pretty much a big formula one guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's super cool to even be able to run a road course and, and especially to run in the top, top five and, and go for the win in the Xfinity car, you know, these things are so hard to drive and, um, you know, I always just look up to one of my favorite drivers here at Cincinnati. You know, he was one of the baddest dudes to ever live and ever drive a race car. So um, it just, just dreams come true. That's all. That's all I've got. I'm completely depleted. I've used everything out there and I'm about to fall asleep, to be honest with all you guys. As I said already, time will ultimately tell how Ty will fare in the upcoming Xfinity races in 2021. Of course, again, he's full-time in the National ARCA Tour where he's no doubt the odds-on favorite to win the championship. He's pretty much essentially a lock. Sure, Daytona did not win well with him. Neither did Derek Griffith or Gracie Trotter, for that matter. Just to name a couple. Or even Brittany Samora. But we'll see how Ty Ferris and National Arca. I should expect him nothing but a championship run. Nothing less. 
bought a championship run. Now in the Cup in the Cup Series, because in his 38th start, Christopher Bell, and let me mention this real quick, Christopher Bell had a strong Daytona 500. Sure, he wasn't the favorite driver out there after being involved in multiple for quote unquote initiating the big one on lap 13 that that ultimately led to lightning that the race was halted for nearly six hours. And also another insulator in the race. So he wasn't necessarily the favorite driver out there. But out of the, besides those hiccups, he was strong in the 500. He had a strong car. And in the road course, he had a really good race. To the point I was saying before, he actually won the race. And I'll explain how he won it. He was basically my driver of the day. Just the fact that he was up there. Wasting no time in his opportunity to run for Joe Gibbs on the cup level. Because he'd driven for them in Xfinity for a couple years. To be that instant and successful that quick is impressive. Uh, the way the race was shaping out to be, it looked like Joey Logano was going to win this thing with ease. There was no way Christopher Bell was going to catch up. But slowly but surely and gradually over time, Christopher Bell, through the help of Adam Stevens' confidence level and belief that he can get the job done, and when I mean he can get the job done, I do mean Bell, he, he persevered, he cut the lead, and then coming to the white flag, he made that move on Logano in the NASCAR chicane. And lo and behold, Christopher Bell is a Cup Series winner. Becomes the 35th different driver to win in all three National Touring Series. It took him 2,041 days between his first National Touring win at Eldora in 2015 in the Truck Series to his Cup win in 2021 at the Daytona Road Course. It's not necessarily the quickest out there. It's right around the middle when you look at all 35. But nonetheless, Christopher Bell wasted no time. It, it, just, it took him two starts to Joe Gibbs to win. Whereas Eric Jones, it took him a while. Even Tony Stewart and Bobby Labonte and Dale Jarrett took them a long time. But, and even Denny Hamill to some extent. It, he wasted no time. He was a little, As a matter of fact, he was a lot quicker than Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch did waste no time to winning in against Carton G. Donaldson at Atlanta. That was four races. Bell did it in, in half of the amount. Two starts. And now he's in the playoffs along with Michael McDowell. And also for the first time since 1950, the first two races of the NASCAR Cup Series Tour were won by first-time winners. If we see it again at Homestead, which could happen. If Tyler Reddick remembers that there's 267 laps instead of 266, he'll be fine. And hopefully he does have a similar success like he did last year. Because I do think Reddick is a contender for this run. He is a contender. And I was vocal about it on the podium finish that I don't see anybody winning for the first time in 2021. I expected Bell to be real good and be in the playoffs via points and have a good points season. But I wasn't necessarily expecting him to win. Because you, you have the Bristol Dirt Race where he will be a favorite. He probably will be going for that win. But you've got to consider guys like Kyle Larson and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yes, I am including Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Because we, because he'd be a dark horse for that one. But Bell's already a winner. And it, it took a few days later to ask somebody in, in, around the Toyota camp about the significance of Bell. But other people already asked that. But he mentioned that Bell winning, and I'm talking about TRD President David Wilson, he said that win validated every ounce of money he has put in Ford onto Christopher Bell, who has been part of the Toyota camp for a decade, dating back to his dirt days. 
And with that in mind, I thought of Jesse Love, who's going to be 16 soon. And I thought to myself, well, if Bell's been around for a decade, he's I'm a couple months older than him. That was during his teenage days. So I'm learning a spot where Jesse Love is right now. So I asked David Wilson the significance of having a young driver and the importance of keeping guys like him in the long run where success and seating opportunities are a challenge. And it is. So here is what he had to say about that. It, it, it's, a, it's a tough um, uh, science driver development yeah, because, you know, the way that we're wired is we want to apply science to everything we're doing, including this. And, and we measure everything. I, you know, we, we have data on these drivers. They have no idea we, they, you know, <laughs> about. Um, and, you know, some of it is, is, is you know, in sports in general, the, the kind of the, the money ball aspect where you're using data and, and the application of data, not to go down a rabbit hole, but I think the big differentiator in the success of any organization in this sport will be their application of data, of, of so much data and what they do with it. And that's, we put a lot of effort into that. Um, but, but here's, here's the, the trick box is, is you can only go so far with that because every, you know, every one of these young people are different. And, um, and we learned early on that, um, they all come along at their own rate, at their own, you know, level, and you have to treat them as individuals. Um, you know, I know that sounds obvious, but, you know, sometimes you, you, you just want to treat them as a group. And, 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 um, and that's really not fair because, I mean, you just look at performance of, of drivers as a whole and you'll find you know, where in some drivers, they just, it's like they find a gear and, and it might be later than, than other drivers or sooner than other drivers. Um, you know, I, I tend to look, you know, and measure, I can't help it, but look at, at Kyle Larson as it, as it comes to measuring, you know, how Christopher Bell is doing. And I think you guys probably know this, but I think Kyle, it, it took him almost 100 starts to win his first um, cup race. Maybe it was like 99. And I think it was Chase Elliott took him 100, you know, 99 starts to win his first cup race. Um, is Christopher Bell any better than them because he won on his 38th? No, it's just, you know, Christopher Bell is different and he's been in different cars and different opportunities. So um, um, it's a long rambling reply to 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 your question but you know there are certain fundamentals that we that we focus on with with the young kids and it's making sure they have the right mentorship from where whether they're running on dirt or pavement making sure they have a team or a team around them a team that that knows how to win um, that has, you know, the, the, the experience and the patience to work with, with a young driver of varying levels of skill. Um, and um, because, because back to my earlier point, 
if you're not able to win where you are and against the teammates that you're running with, then um, that's usually a pretty good indication that you just need more reps um, and you're not ready to to advance to the next level just because your dad found you a sponsor um, and can afford to buy a ride up at the next level. Um, so it's a, again, it's, it's very inexact. You try and, and just do the right thing for these kids and treat them with respect. And, uh, and, and I've said this before, that's, that's, that's what lets me sleep at night because, uh, you know, I, I know that's always the case with us. That's our culture. It's certainly a big win for Christopher Bell, a huge weekend for Joe Gibbs Racing when you consider Ty Gibbs also winning for the first time on a NASCAR level. So things can only go up for Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing. Whereas Team Penske are just hoping they just make it out alive without disappointment, heartbreak, or damaged cars. And I do include Matt Benedetto since it's basically an alliance car. And more so when Austin Center takes over in 2022 and where Benedetto's looking for a ride in 22 some people are already saying he probably going to be in the Ganassi car depending on Kurt Busch's 2022 status but we'll see about that I'm not going to make m much claims on that advert where there's a possible teaser that retirement is Edelman we'll see how that goes in the coming months but the big focus is on racing and racing indeed what would we be focusing on and that being Homestead Miami Speedway home of the Dixie Vodka 400 so I asked Cole Custer, who's no stranger to success at the one and a half mile circuit, that some people say it kind of has a variation of the old Atlanta and Darlington. How much of a difference has it been driving a 550 horsepower package car in the Cup Series last year and going into this race to to what he used to in Xfinity, where he was like a favorite every time they come to Homestead, in which he was able to win one of those. So I asked him that, and also a follow-up to it, how important it is to be well, and not just himself, but Stuart Haas racing as a whole on those mile-and-a-half tracks with 550 labeled to where consistency is key, because that's the thing about Cole Custer last season. Consistency wasn't there. Yeah, he had not one win in Kentucky, but the consistency just was not there. He started out pretty good, but he expects a little bit more than just being top 15 in 2021 it's a complete 180 <laughs> so um that was one of the things that was really tough for me i mean just getting used to what the 550 package was and how the cup cars drove i mean it was the exact opposite of what the xfinity cars were at least from you know how my philosophy was on driving those cars and um it took me a lot of learning on how i was going to change my driving style to fit the cup car better and it's just a matter of, you know, you have way more downforce, less motor, and you have to figure out how to carry the throttle pretty much is the biggest thing. Just be able to drive it into the corner deep and um, figure out, you know, how you can keep your long run speed in your car and just kind of how much you want to trim it out and things like that. You feel like that is instrumental of finding that consistency that you've been looking for? Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it was something that, you know, for me, just getting used to the cars and figuring out what I need to be doing. Uh, and then from a, you know, just a team standpoint, I mean, I think we've kind of over, you know, the last two years, a little bit over a year, we've worked pretty hard on trying to figure out what's the best package for me at these 550 tracks and figuring out what I like in the car compared 
to, you know, what our teammates like and, you know, and then using our teammates knows to see what we can try. And it's just a, it's a, always an ongoing process to see, you know, how you can get yourself better. That'll do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the people's thoughts and inputs on my questions. I hope you really enjoyed the interview I had with Roger Karouf and learn a little bit more about him because there's some that know Roger Karouf through Bubba Wallace or his late model win a year ago and vice versa. But I want to ask other questions to get him thinking different mindset to provide you a different story than what you hear from other people's outlets and i'm not competing with anybody to say the least i just want to provide something different to those who bother or care to listen if you're listening right now i salute you big time make sure you listen to this podcast on a frequent basis where i had guests on as i mentioned last time season two will be guest driven it won't be weekly to keep an eye on what I'm doing on Twitter at the LT Files, Instagram Luis D Torres94. It's L-U-I-S-D-S and David T-O-R-R-E-S94. Wanna check out my articles and how I feel about certain things? The podium finish of Motorsports Tribune is the sites to go. Just type it in on Google and you'll quickly find it. The podiumfinish.net, motorsportstribune.com. If you don't wanna look it up on Google. Speaking of Google, you can listen to this podcast through Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple and Amazon. Those are the four you can listen to it. Make sure you check out my website where I have the latest photo galleries, blogs, and so forth. LuisDTorres.com The brand Luis Torres Multimedia. And I think that's all the plugins I have. Yes, indeed. Facebook is where you'll find behind the exploratory list is the page where you get to see the upcoming episodes, an idea what I'm going to talk about, etc, etc. So until we meet again, I hope you enjoy this episode once again. Just be mindful. Have a safe week, weekend, month ahead. But more importantly, be mindful and stay safe.